Okay, so welcome to another installment of Making It Simple, uh, which is where we here at Revenant uh, talk about ideas that otherwise might seem complex, specifically to do with uh, any of um, the products within the uh, broader protocol of Revenant Labs. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about singularity, and specifically in singularity, we're going to be talking about swapping on singularity, and really from the user's perspective, um, what swapping is about. So uh, today I've got Zam with me. Zam, do you want to say hello? Hey, guys. I've got Cryptoid with me. Hey guys, how's it going? And I've got Entropy with me as well. Hey, what's up? Okay, so between us, we're going to go ahead and uh, take a thorough look at this uh, particular topic, swapping on singularity. I'm going to be hosting throughout. So um, initially, I guess the first thing that we need to talk about is, um, and I don't mind who covers this, but uh, maybe on this one, uh, Zam, you might want to jump in. So uh, swapping is essentially the key functionality of singularity, correct? Correct. And what is it about swapping on singularity that is so unique or different to other places you could swap tokens? What we're trying to accomplish with our swaps is to make them as as efficient as possible. So our rates are in a, I guess, traditional Uniswap V2 fork it requires a lot of liquidity for you to swap a token without uh, receiving extremely high price impact or slippage on your trade. With our swaps, um, users are able to get a much better rate with, let's say, a TVL of 1 million in our pool compared to something like Uniswap V2. Our main goal here is, you know, making sure our UI is a very uh, smooth UI, making sure users understand what's going on and can easily get from one token to another in just one, one, one or two clicks, very similar to the Uniswap V2 UI while we're using this new model. And on the, uh, on, in, the, in the back end, I guess, we want to make sure that users are getting a rate most close to an Oracle price yeah, just most close to the Oracle price and without receive, receiving way less tokens that, than what they would res, uh, expect from the current price of the token. So from a user perspective, the big difference here then is obviously we've talked about keeping the user interface simple and intuitive, but it is the idea of slippage that's going to come to play here, I think, quite a lot. So we've spoken before about the idea there's a limited number of assets originally that will be available on Singularity. But for those assets, what we're looking to do is to offer the best slippage rates possible. Now, I'll just briefly define slippage in case people aren't sure what's really being spoken about here. Um, so slippage slippage is the difference between the um, expected price of an order uh, and then the price of the order when it actually goes through. Um, and so in reality, uh, what this means is um, you receiving the closest amount to what you paid for when you put through the swap or something similar to that, to that effect. Um, so, um, how exactly, uh, Entropy and Crypto as well, you might both want to jump in on this one. Um, how exactly do we achieve that on Singularity? How is it that users, when they swap um, a token, let's say they take their BTC and they go to swap it through Singularity, how is it they end up with such low slippage? Traditionally, through Uniswap or these uh, Uniswap forks, uh, they rely on the constant product formulas. So, for example, Uniswap uses X times Y equals K. So, instead of so basically, the price of the assets is determined through what the what the balances of the pool are, right? So price discovery is made by the ratio of tokens. But in Singularity, instead of us determining where the price is, we outsource that, that logic to an oracle. So we don't need to 
actually determine what the fair value is. We can just fetch the price from the Chainlink oracles and just constantly move the concentration of liquidity around to that price. So by doing that, it doesn't matter what the ratio of the pools are. Um, we are able to always offer trades at the current market rate. And so, again, to be clear, and anyone can correct me if I'm wrong about this, but what this means for the user is the benefit is they're going to get as close to market price as possible based on the input from those oracles. And again, we've spoken before about oracles. Oracles um, are, are drawing on data outside of the blockchain and bringing it across the blockchain, bridging it across the blockchain so that you can, for example, um, uh, have uh, price feeds um, from major CEXs, for example. So in this case, what we're getting is when you swap a token for another token, you should be getting as close to market rate as possible. Right, yeah. Um, so yeah, because we are very reliant on oracles, uh, we need them constantly updating. So users, when they swap, they're always swapping at the, the best available rate that we know of instead of like a delayed rate, which, which could cause traders to... Uh, like lose out on potential uh, savings on the trade. And when we say the best available rate, we mean the most recent rate that was available correct. to yeah. us, correct? And that's done by pulling in the data from the oracles, which again are doing it as fast as possible within the, the boundaries of what we are capable Yeah, so we're, we're working with Chainlink to try to create or try to get like heartbeat oracles. So they update every 30 seconds. So whatever the price on the market is, we'll have always a current rate instead of just having like a deviation threshold. Because I. I we just want to always have the most recent uh, most recent and correct price on our feeds. Another thing that we could talk about here, because this is quite unique, I think, to Singularity, is we could talk a little bit about, we've mentioned the word slippage, so the expected price and then the actual price that gets executed upon. But on Singularity, that's read any of the previous material that we put out, they may well know that actually on Singularity, we discussed the idea of negative slippage, um, the concept, I guess, in the middle of neutral slippage or just slippage, and then positive slippage as well. So can we talk a little bit about how, for example, on Singularity, users might end up with positive slippage? So what the slippage is, is a function of how much of the asset is in the pool versus how much users have deposited into the pool. So in effect, when a user deposits into a pool, let's say ETH, they, the system will account a debt for that deposit because the system knows that that user could withdraw and the system will need to pay them back. So if the amount of ETH in the pool goes below the amount of debt in the system, then that is when if you add tokens into that pool, in a swap, the system will reward you with what we call a positive slippage because you're you're bringing the pool closer back to the level that the system so that it can satisfy all of its debts. So in other words, if everyone wanted to withdraw their ETH, there would be enough ETH to do so. On the other side, if you are bringing the pool further away from the amount necessary to satisfy all the debts, the system will charge you negative slippage. So you can think of a swap as two parts. It's a swap in of one token and a swap out of another token. And we calculate slippage separately for each part of the trade. So one of them will always be a positive slippage because you're increasing the amount of assets in the pool. And one of them will always be a negative slippage because you're decreasing the amount of assets in the pool. Depending on the relative balances of those pools versus the debt in the system, one of them will be larger than the other. If the positive slippage is larger than the negative, then it's a net positive swap. If the negative slippage is larger than the positive, it's a net negative swap. And so for users, I guess a question that should be asked is, 
Is there a situation, a scenario where they might put through a swap and singularity and actually end up with more equivalent tokens than they expected? Sure. So in the scenario in which a pool doesn't have enough assets to cover the debt and they swap into that pool and out and out of a pool that does have enough assets to cover the debt, then they will actually benefit from the trade in terms of they will receive more of the out token than they were originally expecting based on the just a simple calculation with the marketplace. So we've mentioned here positive slippage and we've mentioned negative slippage. Are there any other costs associated with a swap that users should know about? Sure, so there are trading fees as well. We have different trading fees depending on the assets being swapped and we've tried to make them as competitive as possible based on what other exchanges are offering. So for stable swaps, we'll be charging 0.02%. And for swaps between risky assets, we'll be charging 0.15%. And within the context of the market, as it stands now during this recording anyway, is that competitive? Yes, because uh, Curve charges 0.03% on swaps for stable coins. And then uh, Spooky Swap, for example, charges 0.2% on risky asset swaps. In some cases, those is actually charging more than that because the swap needs to be routed through two pools. So imagine that you're swapping uh, USDC to Bitcoin. Well, on Spooky Swap, there isn't a high liquidity USDC BTC pool. So typically, what would happen is you'd have to route through the FTM pool. So go USDC to FTM to BTC. But in that scenario, you end up paying the 0.2% twice. So effectively, the fee is 0.4%, whereas we will be a total of 0.15%. So for the user arriving Singularity, one of the big incentives if they're looking to swap, which is what most people will use Singularity for, of course, there's LPing as well, liquidity providing, which we've spoken about in a previous piece. But if you're coming here to swap, then the big things that are enticing you are, for example, lower fees than the sort of industry standard at the moment. So it's cheaper to swap and also the potential to end up in a position where you might receive positive slippage, actually. And also the fact that just generally the slippage is so low that you should be getting uh, the best market rate for your asset swap. Yep. Okay. Um, and at launch, we've mentioned this before, but there's going to be quite a limited asset set available. Obviously, one of the things that users might be particularly keen to do, especially on a very low slippage um, AMM like uh, Singularity is, is they might be looking to swap stable coins. At launch, what stable coins will we be offering? We'll be offering USDC, DAI, and USDT. Okay, USDC, DAI, and USDT. And in the future, we've mentioned, but it's worth stating here again, um, we are also looking to integrate CUSD as well, aren't we? Correct, and we'll be pairing CUSD with several other uh, higher risk stable coins. And we'll be introducing those in tranches in order to um, to silo off risk, which I think Correct. Sam spoke about last time in our previous piece. Okay, are there any other bits that we haven't mentioned here that users need to know when they arrive at the singularity with regards to swaps? I think we should mention that like any other decks, you have the option to set a slippage tolerance. So definitely we encourage users to do that. We will estimate the expected output, but there is some possibility that the Oracle will update while the transaction is uh, you know, propagating through the network. And so by setting an accurate or by setting a, you know, a desired slippage tolerance, the user can protect themselves against that. Okay. So, and again, just for those listening, slippage tolerance, if we remember slippage is the difference between the expected price and the executed price. 
slippage tolerance is a user uh, dictating at the beginning of that trade the amount of difference between the expected price and the actual potential price they'll get that they would deem acceptable to continue with that trade, correct? Correct. So, I think that we've given a pretty good rundown on uh, swaps, how they're a little bit different over at Singularity. Uh, and also uh, some of the benefits potentially of swapping at Singularity and the details of how that's possible. Uh, so for that, for this uh, episode, I think we're going to wrap up there um, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Making It Simple. <laughs>